and welcome to Musical Pathways, the podcast which focuses on the different pathways musicians take in order to reach their musical goals. Today we're going to be talking to a teacher here at Musical so that you can get to know them a little bit better. And our guest today is a world-traveling multi-instrumentalist with a vast amount of recording and performing experience who has settled here in Cornwall. Through his career, he has been involved in some amazing and life-changing initiatives and has now started working alongside us here at Musical. So today we have Ben Joseph. Hi, Ben. Hello, Gary. Thank you so much for having me, my friend. Yeah, no worries, man. As you might be able to tell, uh, Ben is not from Cornwall. <laughs> I am not, my friend. But I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that. I'm sure we'll get into that. Certainly. So, as I said at the top, we're going to be looking at the ways in which musicians have developed those skills in order to reach their goals and eventually become professional musicians. And while doing this, we're also going to take a look at some of the amazing opportunities which music has given us throughout our careers. But to start off with, let's learn a bit, a little bit more about you. So what did music play as a role in your early years? What was its role within your life, I guess, when you started out? Uh, well, early on, well, so first, my, my grandfather was a big band drummer uh, up in Minnesota. And I have lots of cousins, aunts and uncles that play uh, instruments. Uh, my father owned a music club when I was growing up as a kid. Oh, that's cool. On, so what's a, just a button quickly, what is a music club for us English people who might not have uh, like a that? Like a, like a music venue, just like a, a, a pub okay. slash oh, yeah, music venue for, yeah, it, it, it was like a pub restaurant music club, you know, bands would oh, play amazing. in the evening yeah, time basically. You. Yeah, and the region I'm from is about two and a half hours east of New Orleans, and so the whole I'm, I'm from South Alabama originally, along the Gulf Coast, and Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, Louisiana, that whole region in general is pretty musical. A lot of a lot of great music and music styles has come out of that region. Yeah, and I'd he say do, he, he doesn't yeah. know about New Orleans. <laughs> like it's, indeed, it's, it's the uh, the jazz capital. Yeah, and in it, when I as as early as age five, you know, I would listen to the radio with my mom and dad, and I would I could I could tell what the band was and what song it was like within five seconds of listening to it. Amazing. Yeah, so I had an had an ear early on. When did you actually start playing, and and what instrument was it that you started on? I started singing singing in punk bands at the age of thirteen, and oh, then yeah. shortly after that, started playing harmonica and guitar. That's a big guitar. step from jazz. <laughs> yeah, jazz to punk. Did you ever do the jazz thing, or was it like you did it? Did it kind of like skip your learning and you went straight to the singing? Uh straight to singing and then harmonica and guitar. And I didn't I didn't get into jazz music until. Uh, I wasn't performing jazz really until London, I would say. Okay. Yeah, because I think, I think that is a funny thing that like um, sometimes the things that you you grow up with don't come back to get you musically until much later on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah <it's... laughs> so, so you started, you were singing first. Yeah. And like, did you learn yourself? Or did you have a teacher? How how did that go down? I'm guessing because it was punk, it was probably pretty self-led. It was self-learned, but so th throughout high school, um, 
I played in bands with kids who were in the school band. And my high school had actually had a really good school band. They would go do competitions. Um, And I I played in bands with those kids. So I learned learned from them um, and just playing a lot, jamming a lot, really. When did you start learning an instrument as opposed to just singing? No, uh, age way. 15 is when I started with, I, I, I received a guitar and a harmonica. Uh, Both at the same time? At the same time, yeah. So. Did you get one of those cool little like neck braces that you can hold the harmonica and play guitar? Yeah, that's that's one of my, yeah, that, that's one of my fortes actually, yeah. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are, you, are you big into Bob Dylan or uh, that's what uh, comes to mind when I, when I think of that, like that format is my brain instantly goes to Bob Dylan, but it might be biased. I was more into I, I at that age I wasn't really much into Bob Dylan. Um I've and I'm I'm probably gonna get some backlash for this, but I've always been into Bob Dylan's songs and other people performing his songs rather than him actually performing them. I can understand that. I mean like he's renowned really as a songwriter. Yeah. As opposed to a musician in in my head, you know. And and he's he's obviously I think his lyrics, but then that Certainly. that is again songwriting, isn't it? So so yeah. I think I think people will understand that. I don't I don't think you'll get too much flack for that one. No, but uh, I, I was I was more into the I was more into the uh Neil Young school. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I would say. Nice. And did you have a teacher for your guitar or harmonica at any point, or was that pretty much self-led as well? Um, I didn't start actual lessons until I was at a university okay. doing an undergraduate degree. Um, I used to play in bands with with a with a guy named Caleb Gambino. All right, um, and his dad is a pretty renowned guitar teacher and player in our area so i used to go down in the summertime and take lessons from him and then i did some flat picking lessons from tommy sorrells who was based in tuscaloosa alabama at the time and he's oh, cool really good so those those are the guys i i took lessons from it was it was it kind of more of like a um uh learning from the people you're playing with sort of situation yeah because i i think that gets overlooked quite a bit actually when when people talk about practice and how they learn they look over the the musicians that they played with over the years and if I, I always got told by one of my teachers that if you're the worst person in the band you're in the best position to learn that's true i've definitely been in that position before <laughs> i've definitely been in that position 100 percent. and 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 i i think like he said like you you pick up so much and you learn from each other so and yeah. it gets dismissed dismissed quite quickly because they're not teachers but but they are teaching you you know yeah and with with that said that's what i try to tell the students i've had because i've had you know I've, i have quite a few students online and you know i know we're in a pandemic right now but be, be, be before the pandemic um or or post you know i tell them like you know cuz it's it's generally kids and high school age kids that that i teach i'm like who any any other kids you're to playing playing in a band like you need to go you need to go find them like go find your friends like you, you need to be playing with people your age and your skill level because you guys are just you know music is meant to be played together 
Yeah, I, I used to do the same thing. I'd, I'd go through, I'd, I'd take the kid up to the board of the other music lessons and I'd just run through, like, if we got a bass player, I'd run through the drummers and I'd be like, look, who do you know on this list? Cool, they're your drummer. Go find them, go play with them. And like, I'd do the same with my guitar students, you know, run through the list, bam, there's a drummer, there's a bass player. Go get them and play some music. I mean, it, it's such a good way of learning. Have it, are you have you always been like quite performance driven? Then has that always been like a big part yeah. of your plan? Yeah, it's 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 like performing. Um, like when I was even even before doing undergraduate degree or doing undergraduate degree, I, I was I was actually playing bass in uh, a covers band, which they call function bands in the UK. They do indeed. I do was playing bass on the weekends. I had a regular weekly gig at a little Willie's blues club in Tuscaloosa, Alabama every Wednesday through throughout my undergraduate degree. Um, I paid the bills for the longest time. Um, that, and that's, it's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, paying bills of music is, is difficult. You know, you, you do have to reach a certain level to be able to do that. Don't you? Yeah. And in, when I was in New Orleans, after after I finished my undergraduate degree, I moved to New Orleans and uh, was performing at the Tropical Isle, which is like a music music club. There's like a few of them on Bourbon Street. I was playing there every Friday and Saturday night for a couple of years. Amazing, that's cool. What what was your like? Um, what was your first performance like then? Do you, do you remember like when you yeah i so I, I was yes yeah, singing in a punk band and the the local coffee shop of gulf shores is like it was a coffee shop slash music venue called uh the coffee merchant so that's where all like the high school band would would go perform so yeah, yeah. certainly the place to be was yeah exactly was it do you do you look back at it as like a as a good memory or yeah definitely yeah. definitely a good memory oh yeah yeah, yeah, and, and that's cool, isn't it? Like, like you can look back at something that early into your career and still look at it in a good light. Oh, so, yeah. on the on the adverse to that, then what what was your best performance like? Then what what what, what was the one that sticks out in your head? Is like, oh man, that was amazing. Oh man, that is such a tough question, Gary. Um, <laughs> so I I moved to. Uh, after new orleans i I moved to switzerland with uh my partner we were in geneva and france the country of france um and other francophone countries celebrate fete de la musique which is um it's around june 20th every year so the whole country i think belgium does it switzerland parts of africa um celebrate music so every little town has their own music festival and one of the, you know, I, I, I played at this small French village near Geneva and they had me, uh, there was tons of people there. I had my own like dressing room. I had like my name on it. The oh fridge God. was stocked with like wine and food and cheese. And I was like, ah, oh, this is yes this i can i can get used to this <laughs> but basically it was the extraneous extras which yes, made it a good but, gig but it was what about like, the actual gig itself was it yeah the, 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 there was lots of people a lot of a lot of good 
great great reception so it was uh i, I would say that i maybe the extras the, the the perks and then one performance so I have, I have a band ben joseph and the lalos and we played at this venue we played played a lot of different venues in london but there's one in kilburn called the good ship i don't even know if it's still open but it was just it was just a, a great crowd and we just just nailed the performance like so that's, that's do, do you find I, I was talking to jamie about this and and in the last podcast and the the crowd really makes the gig you know when, when everyone's into it that really like you know you remember a gig where the crowd were great yeah one 100 yeah that's amazing and and like i said earlier the, the performance is bigger music but you've actually done a fair amount of recording as well haven't you yeah so my my undergraduate degree is music production and entrepreneurship and while in new orleans i started a recording studio with my partner ren richardson who's um who's doing a lot of mixing he just he just finished an album for a band that's certainly growing uh, in popularity called iceman special um, and he's he's working out of Esplanade Studios based in New Orleans. Um, is, but that, we, is that a band to check out? Yeah, Iceman Special. Yeah, that's like a that's psychedelic nice. rock band. Nice. Buddies, buddies of mine, William and Charlie, two brothers. I always love family bands. That's that's one thing. Most if if there's family members in a band, chances of them being really tight are very high. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite bands is Biffy Clyro, and that is. The drummer and bass player are brothers. Ooh, love it! <laughs> uh, you oh, know that's so going to be a tight band. There's, there's I, no I, way if you've got brothers on or even sisters on drums and bass. Yeah, it's going to be tight. Yeah, but we, yeah, we 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 started a, you know, just like a home recording studio in New Orleans, um, and then, yeah, I've always, you know, people will ask me to play harmonica on their album or play some guitar, do some backing vocals. So yeah, I, I very much like, uh, recording. Um, I, I really wish I was more of a mixing engineer. Yeah. I think, which I I think I it's definitely, a, um, it's definitely a skill set, isn't it? I, th- I think yeah. people quite often get lumped into both, you know, cause if yeah. you've got a studio, you you have to record people in order to mix them. But actually yeah. like, on the in the big markets you know when we're talking about actual tracks that a lot of people listen to they're quite often set up in the studio by a particular person recorded by a different person then they are produced by someone else and they're mixed by another person and then mastered by someone else like there's so many extra people in the chain so i i I think that's a a good way to go too because you'll you know, it, it's tough being, a, you know, a self-starting musician, because if you're if you're writing, if you're recording and you're mixing your work, you're going to go insane yeah. <laughs> listening to to that same song like a hundred times, you know? Yeah. And, and it's the beauty of the Internet now as well, is that actually you, we can go back to doing that method and you can you can uh, you could get it recorded in cornwall and then get it mixed by someone in los angeles and then get it mastered in abbey road 
you know yeah and it, and it won't cost as much as you're probably imagining it's going to cost because you're not paying for someone's like you're not paying for like a full two days in the studio so you're just paying for one day in the studio so you've got that yeah. other lump of money to spend on mixing yeah. so your your strength lies more in recording than actually mixing engineering yeah yeah i would say per, per, performing and recording i mean i do like to mix gary i feel like i am good at mixing it's just i will I, i'm so guilty of spending way too much time on a oh, yeah. on a tom and <laughs> seeing which eq is the best or oh maybe maybe this compressor maybe you, you know yeah yeah I, I i totally get you i i've i've fallen into the, the trap the <laughs> trap and then and then no one worries no one cares they can't even tell the difference exactly you actually forget to put down on all the effects and no one even notices yes so destroying <laughs> <laughs> but um so you've kind of developed this like performance and recording thing how how did your kind of instrumental and vocal abilities develop throughout that time then so through that period of being in america going over to switzerland coming back over here was there did you kind of learn a lot earlier on and then kind of plateau through the rest or were you on a quite steep incline what what was the what was the learning path like i think um moving to new orleans was and that that was why I moved to New Orleans was to further my education, my music education. And I, yeah. I, I learned so much from that city about music. I mean, um, that's such an opportunity, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's not many people in the world who get to go to a place that's so full of music, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, um, it, it really is a wonderful city. And there's, there's other cities that are starting to pop up in, in the U S that are going to start becoming, dare I say music meccas yeah um, and I, there's there's loads all around the world you know I, I but I mean like they're still getting that that opportunity to move to them as well is, is just yeah massive did so you made a massive amount of improvement when you were there I would say I made a massive amount of improvement and then whenever I moved to Europe I would say I improved um I know it's I know it's kind of a, a strange thing to say, but I would say my stage banter yeah. improved because I was always kind of, you know, it if if you're singing and you're performing, um, I feel like talking to the audience, being being able to like truly speak to your audience and, and keep them engaged is like, you know, it's part of the performance arts essentially. Yeah, it's, Jamie brought up the exact same thing in that you know, as performing musicians, you've got a, you've got to be a presence, haven't you, on the stage? You can't you can't just rock up, <laughs> play a song, and go away, especially if you're a frontman, you know. Yeah, and w with that said, I I would say it it is a little more reserved in the UK than the US. Because um, <laughs> is, is it different? Like, what what's the like? what's the spiel like in america versus the uk i i, w I would say stage presence maybe right. i i think it, in london you you have a lot of there's a lot of original music being made by 18 to 20 something year olds from from all the world that are in london making music going to these music schools but i i, I would say i was 
maybe once or twice out of maybe at least a hundred bands I saw this no stage presence. And that's, and it, I, I, I felt like I had to like reel it back a little bit because if you're playing pop rock, even folk music, like move, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There, I, I, unless it's like shoegaze rock, you know, I just, I don't know. I think, I think there's like, um, I don't know. I think there is a bit of a arc for like English musicians and how we, we have stage presence, you know, um, like I know back when I was kind of younger and, and that like mid two thousands, music was coming in stage presence was almost more important than Mm -hmm. your actual music you were playing (laughs) yes exactly and then um like it was like the thing like it actually didn't matter if you played a wrong note if you were doing like a sweet karate kick while you were while you were playing or whatever it might have been i i still hold those principles i i want i would rather see if, if if i'm watching a performance i would rather see someone do a backflip off of a stage and hit and hit the wrong note them then them hit the right note and just like stare down at their shoes i mean it's a it's a way of demonstrating that you're enjoying yourself isn't it certainly and and i I do think it's a bit infectious so yeah maybe, maybe that's like if you're looking to be a performing musician it's something you need to practice is that yeah that having a that presence and it like again it's something that can be so easily overlooked because you spend so much time instrument focused which is obviously really important but you don't actually focus on playing the instrument if that makes any sense yeah well there and there's there, there there's a flip side to that coin that they say in in nashville like when you see you know really good country pop artist and you see their, um, you know, the backing band, which are yeah. probably really good musicians. They might not have that much stage presence, but the the, the term they like to use is, uh, I think, quietly killing it is what they like to say. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's a um, like a, a bass player thing in that we get called like ghosts sometimes. You know? <laughs> so we, we just like stand in the background doing our business. I, I, yeah. I love a high it works for some player. Yeah, it it's either I, I either yeah it's like either a high energy bass player or b you have the bass player sitting there in the back with the drummer just sitting there grooving on it basically. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely an a bass player. I I have hurt my bass far too many times <laughs> along with other people. <laughs> yeah, so. You, also, maybe practice not hitting other people with your instrument. That's, that's probably practice. another one. Yeah, it's a good good thing to practice. I should have done more of that. Maybe that, that's what I'll practice after I've done this, maybe. Have you got any further tips that you tell your students, like something that you specifically instrument-focused that you, that you might say to your students? Yeah, definitely. One of the main things I say, and I will keep stressing it, if any of my students are listening, listen up. If you can hum it, you can play it. That is just like the biggest tip. You know, if you're having trouble with a phrase, you know, I have beginners that are learning Seven Nation Army by uh, the White Stripes or whatever. You know, I'm like, bum, 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 bum. And I tell them, I'm like, hum it, hum it for me. Um, And I also tell, 
you know, students like really listen and enjoy what you're listening to. You know, yeah, the songs that I have my students learn are songs that I that I like and I think they should learn songs that their parents like, which they probably like and music that they like, too. You know, I, yeah. I, think I, I go I go for that same track as well. Like, because if, if you don't enjoy what you're playing, then what's what's the point in playing it really? Um, unless you've got a very specific focus on, you know, I want to get this technique and use it in the songs that I like, but this song is the best way of doing it. Yeah. But then, but then, yeah, I guess you're enjoying it because you're you're focusing on that technique. Yeah. But but I think the humming thing is a is a great tip actually. Like I I had a teacher who basically would make us sing the notes that we're playing as mm-hmm. we played them. <laughs> and good. it's left it's left me with this weird like technique where i can i can sing a run and then play it instantly or i can just if i play a root note i can sing the next note i'm gonna play yeah which is which is obscure i'm i'm never gonna play and it, it's that like um I, I remember watching david gilmore at live aid and he, he sang in harmony with his guitar mm-hmm. on a solo and it's basically that same technique in that you kind of predict the pitch you're jumping to. But it, it makes learning songs so easy because I if I can sing that jump, then I know where it is on the bass. Yeah. Just like you said. Yeah, that's 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 a good practice. So yeah, I, I, I tell students, yeah, just you know, put your headphones on, close your eyes and really listen, you know, for enjoyment at first and then, you know, analyze it and deconstruct it, you know, take a look at what's what's happening in the song. I guess we'll kind of get near the end now. The last question is kind of mirroring our first in that we looked at how music affected you in your early years, you know, listening to jazz with your parents. Yeah. How how does music affect you now as an adult? Like all of that learning, all of those experiences that you've kind of gone through, how is music now kind of affecting your life, I guess? Uh, well, that's 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 a really tough question, Gary. Um, I, I the tough I ones like, are the good ones. Yeah, I, I feel like you know music. I can't say that it's it's changed much. It still affects me in the same way. Um, you know, I I derive my income from it. I I make connections through it. Um, you know, I I use writing. I've always used songwriting and composing as a coping mechanism, you know, yeah. if things aren't, aren't going well, or if things are, are going well, I, I, I write about that. Um, if, if I'm feeling, if I'm feeling down, you know, I, I listen to, you know, my favorite songs, some of my favorite artists. Um, if I'm feeling good, I put on s- songs that, uh, make me feel good. You know, what, what songs on the, um, what songs being played at the minute? songs being played at the minute i'm i'm listening to a lot of it's it's it it varies but a lot of Django reinhardt who's who's a great guitarist yeah um i've been listening to a lot of uh motown like the marvelettes and when i exercise i listen to like the old punk rock that i used to listen to high energy high energy um (laughs) so that's cool varied yeah, very varied, yes. But that that's nice. Like I, I think that if you can accept music for what it is in and you know, you don't have to like one kind of music or specifically be like 
I only listen to this one kind because, you know, some music does fit certain occasions, doesn't it? Yeah, I'd certainly agree with that. Yeah, that's that's really cool, and and it sounds like it it still is entangled in your life as much as it was when you were a child. Yeah, it's 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 more so. You know, I uh, I moved to London to do a master's degree, and I I was my intention was to just focus on school, but I was approached by a drummer who was like, I I really like your music. I'm going to put together a band and he put together a band and I was, I was gigging in London, which was, which was tough. It was really tough to be focusing on a master's degree and, and gigging at the same time. But any, any time I've, I've tried, there's only been a couple of times that I've tried to step away from music or performing the universe is like, no, 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 no. Where do you think you're going? <laughs> Drags me back in. So, I, th- I think that is that is the beauty of it all. Yeah. So it's it's been great having you on, Ben. How oh, pleasure. And I hope our listeners have managed to gain some inspiration from this podcast, and they want to sit down and grab their instrument and play along and hum the tunes, just like Ben recommends. And um, I'll just leave you with the last thought, and that is um, remember every path leads you to your goals eventually. So make sure you take every one you can. And until next time, I'm going to say bye. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye.